Fran fam, what's going on? Listen, before we start this podcast episode, I have a very, very small favor to ask of each and every single one of you guys. I appreciate the support that all of you have been showing for the podcast up until this point, but we want to try and get these episodes out to as many people as possible. And how we do that on the audio side is by leaving a review and dropping a five-star rating. So if you've been a consistent listener of the pod, please, before we get this episode started, it only takes a couple of seconds, leave a review. It could be a two-word, three-word, four-word review or just leave a rating do something to get the word out so that we can get the marvin francois show to more listeners moving forward outside of that love you guys appreciate the support but without further ado let's get into this episode go through the application structure your business take the pj mm. go in there with a 685 plus and if you're ready to scale your fleet this is the perfect auto loan for you because you can go ahead and do that same process of the application four times back to back in one night and get one hard inquiry mm. and that's not all when you go ahead and get approved for these auto loans, bro, none of this is showing up on your personal credit report. So I'm 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 literally spinning a block with four cars in one night, right? I'm doing it overnight. Let, let everybody leave out the office, go through the go through the automated system, and I'm putting four back-to-back applications and same information all in one night. You know, get all those approvals. Now I got my approval letter and I can take that right to the dealer. I don't gotta go in there and haggle with the deal with the dealership and get my credit hit. 40 times, mm-hmm. right? I already got got my pre-approval letter. Mm-hmm. I'm already doing my mar- market research for as far as what car that I want. And this allows me to go right to the dealership in my business name, get four cars, walk out. Now my Toro fleet is popping. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Marvin Francois Show, your number one source for all things business, finance, and investing. And today is a very special day because we have a guest today who is a a Toro master, mm. <laughs> a car a car rental business beast. I'm extremely excited to have this gentleman on. I'm here with the one, the only, Ralph Jarvis, a.k.a. My guy Ralph means business. What's going on, brother? My guy. How are you, bro? I'm great. Listen, to be here, bro. I'm, I'm excited to have you. What's funny is, before, you know, while we was getting set up, Josh was like, yo, man, did we, got, we got another, what you I call it, Philly Bull? Philly Bull. We got another Philly <laughs> Bull, man. I'm excited to have you on, man. I've been following you for some time, and, you know, I, I love the value that you provided about, you know, just uh, leveraging, you know, your business within the car rental space, how to get started, how to scale, and just how to, you know, get a bag, 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 as I call it here on the podcast. Big bag. The biggest bag, you know, and I, I would be remiss. If I didn't have you to come on here and give the game on top of game on top of game for my audience so they could learn, right, how to get started in the car rental space, too. So without further ado, let's get right into it. My pleasure, bro. Let's do it. So before, of course, before we get into the game, for those who don't know, take a second, take a minute to let the people know who you are, where you're from, what you do and how you got your start. Yes, sir. So as you said, my name is Ralph Jarvis, a.k.a. Ralph Means Biz on the socials. I'm from Philadelphia, PA, Philly in the building. You feel me? Let's go. Um and um, what I do pretty much in the entrepreneurial space is uh, just teach other entrepreneurs, new aspiring entrepreneurs, how to get started with multiple streams of income, how to kind of move from that nine to five and start leveraging their time, start leveraging their assets into uh, more income streams to secure their financial freedom. Mm-hmm. And as you stated, you know, um, a big thing for me was doing that through Toro, doing that through leveraging these cars to create more streams of income, especially having a nine to five. It made it really easy. So big on the entrepreneurship, big on teaching fellow people just like us who are trying to get into this game exactly how to do it mm-hmm. by going exactly through my experiences. So so let's let's dive a little bit more into your experience, right? Because everybody's walk into entrepreneurship is a little bit different from <laughs> yes, the other. Sir. You talked about going from nine to five life to entrepreneurship. Talk a little bit about, you know, first and foremost, how you even got into the entrepreneurial space from, from your nine to five job. Walk us through that. For sure. 
And, um, you know, I preface by saying, bro, I'm heavy on authenticity, transparency. So everything, you know, we talk about, I mean, you know, I'm keeping it all the way 100 with you. So, you know, I st I'm still making that transition from my nine to five into entrepreneurship, Dope. which is why I'm super, you know, um, heavy with giving this back. Right. So mm -hmm. for me, you know, I took I took what you say, the traditional route. Right. That school route. So mm -hmm. um, kind of coming from low income, single mom home, you know, all I knew was school, sports, to try to get to the next level so I can give back to the family, right? Right. Um, so coming from Philly, I actually graduated from Temple University in 2016. Dope. Went right from college straight into the corporate finance world mm. um, and got my credentials and um, became a financial advisor. So, mm. you know, my degrees in finance, everything I really did since I was a youngin' was all about numbers and, and just building money and wealth. So right. I found myself in the corporate space for, you know, five to six years. And, you know, the crazy thing for me was you know, I'm a financial advisor. I'm talking to people every day with hundreds of thousands, millions, giving them advice, you know, stocks, investing, life insurance, everything, certification, Series 7, 63. But mm -hmm. it was still bugging me that, bro, I was going home every day back to the hood, right, mm -hmm. seeing all, all my homies. And we still all in the same position, right? Right. I'm coming home from a nine to five. I got the suit on, right? I got the slacks on. So I come to the hood. They're like, damn, what's up, big ball? Right. Blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, I'm living check to check. Eesh. Right. I'm still struggling. I feel like, you know, a lot of these people have more money than I did. Right. Because I got so much responsibility with the with the house and the car and everything. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, it was the bridge from I'm in a nine to five working corporate finance, which I felt like was my dream. I've been working. 15 years for this, mm -hmm. but I still couldn't get over that hump, mm -hmm. right? I was still living check to check. So, you know, I felt like that was just taking me to a dark place. It was creating a lot of stress. Right. It was affecting my relationships and just my overall trajectory in life. And I feel like, you know, going through 2018 to 2019, you know, I was, like I said, in a dark place. And I feel like God came through and he put the right people in my life. Right. And having the right people in my life started really giving me a direction and started showing me what my true value was. Right. And in doing that, you know, I started to learn more about entrepreneurship. I started learning how to leverage my time and my own value. And then, you know, from there, the rest is history. When you really start locking in, you start learning. And that's when I went on my entrepreneurial journey as far as, you know, learning maybe what is my skill set to what I can do um, outside of my nine to five. How right. can I leverage my skill set into a bigger income right. and start generating wealth? And uh, it was only right. You know, I was a financial advisor at work. So when I started getting into the entrepreneurial space, it was like second nature to me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is exactly what my people have been missing. Right. This is exactly what, you know, my people need. And as an advisor, I'm talking to people with millions of dollars. How about I give this game back on how to create individual financial freedom mm -hmm. to my people? Come on now. Right. So I went from, you know, the higher level of, of millions and talking to a different demographic to bringing it back from where we're from and giving them the advice of entrepreneurship. And that's what I still do, do to this day mm -hmm. is all I do is I'm gonna just give back my journey. Right. You know, I'm documenting my journey and giving back to the people exactly the steps to at least get to where I am. Right. Man, hold on, brother. I love that. That, that, <laughs> that, that is, yeah, that's true. And like you said, there's nothing more authentic than that because, you know, it's all about using your journey and the steps that you've taken to get to where you are now and taking that same expertise, experience, information, and that all of that culminate together is value that you're able to provide to people that look like you, people that look like okay. me, that want to be where we are and beyond and giving them that stepping stone to get to that next level, right? So you talked about working that nine to five. You got the slacks. You got the tie. <laughs> you coming back to the hood looking like a, a well-dressed Philly bulk. Man, it's calling me ghost out there. Yeah, you understand? Looking like ghost from power, <laughs> ghost the bulk, you understand? You coming back to the hood, but you're still living check to check, and I'm sure you're going to sleep at night like, yo, something, something's not adding up. This is not, the Eating math away. is not mathing, right? Eating away. 
what, why, once you decided, you know, you said it was 2019 when you started to get into entrepreneurship. Like 2018, 2019. 2018, yep. 2019, you decided you wanted to go into entrepreneurship. You know, we're, we're in the social media era. I'm sure you see you see all these different lanes that you could have possibly got into, right? Mm -hmm. Real estate, stocks, um, e-commerce, all these different things. You chose the car rental space. Yep. What was it about the car rental space for you that was like, you know what? This is where I'm going to plant my flag. What was it about that? Um, so let me start by where I started on my journey when I first started going into entrepreneurship. To be honest, my first goal was real estate. You know, okay. A lot of my, a lot of people around me, they were in the real estate space, real estate agents, mm -hmm. owning real estate. And um, I seen that as the quickest path, path to wealth. But when I got into it, I started to see how many different angles it was. And the biggest thing for me was the like the down payment, right? Trying to get the capital to get in there. It just wasn't working coming straight out of that nine to five and that struggle I was telling you about. So mm -hmm. lo and behold, doing that research, you know, going into the rabbit holes. Um, like 20 into 2019, something just popped up as far as like car sharing, mm. um, personal car rentals, and then uh, jumped on YouTube, right? Where, where, where we live at and just learning more about this, I started to see this thing called Toro, mm. right? And learning more about this, I started to realize like, man, I can use my own car, which I had a car. I can use my own car and rent it out. And I told you that car note was kicking my behind, right? Mm -hmm. It was like 350 car note was uh, like 160. So I'm at like $500 a month mm -hmm. and a car that, you know, I only used a, a couple days out the week, whether I took the train to work or I was off weekends. So I'm just like, man, people making money off of renting their cars from day to day, right? actual money. And just diving into the rabbit hole, I'm like, man, I, this is something I can do, you right. know, especially whether it be the weekend or some days that I'm not using it. Let me see if I can maybe add to my income and maybe start work up to like real estate or whatever that bigger business is going to be or the next move is going to be. Right. Um, so I seen it. I jumped into it to answer your question because it seemed very easy to transition to. And it felt like something that I could do, you know, without having to take years to study and just jump in. Right. Gotcha. And then from there, you was just rocking and rolling. Oh, yeah. From there, you know, this, I know we're going to get into it, but from there, it was it was just going on up from there. So now so now so people understand where you are now, how you currently have a tour fleet. How many cars is your fleet in that right now? So right now I got four cars in my fleet, but um, that's going into 2023. I preface that by saying beginning of 2022, I was at eight. Okay. And four of them got total in Oof. 2022, gotcha. which is part of the game. We can jump into it. We're going to get into I, that. Yeah. You know, they not L's when you know how to you know, maneuver in this space, right? man, it, it, everything could be a profit. So four of them got total in 2022. So I came into 2023 with four. Gotcha. And the four are what? I think you got a Tesla. I think one of them. Tesla. Um, I got a Nissan Sentra, a Nissan Ultima and a Honda Civic. Gotcha. 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 And, and if you don't mind us talking a little bit about the numbers, what do the numbers look like from on a month to month of just operating this business? What's the gross profit? What's the expenses looking like? Walk us through that. Definitely. So um, of course, it's situational car by car, but I'll say as far as my economy cars, which are, you know, the Hondas, the Nissans, the regular cars, um, you can expect, well, personally, I bring in somewhere between like 700 to 1200 on an average month, okay. right? And the um, busy seasons, it can be even more than 1200 closer to 1500 um, So for the economy car, I think that's about norm, 700 to about 1200 Okay. Now, when you start to go into more luxury, right, you start to talk about the Tesla, of course, mm -hmm. the note is higher, it's a more expensive car, it's... Um, um, you get a higher rate for it. So mm -hmm. usually, you know, a, a daily rate around about 150 for Tesla. So um, I'm seeing around like 1500 to 2000 mm -hmm. per month mm -hmm. with those luxury cars. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of where I am with my fleet as far as income per car. 
you start to think about expenses. You have things like insurance, mm -hmm. maintenance. Um, I personally use commercial insurance. So, you know, there are actually commercial insurers who work directly with car sharing hosts mm -hmm. to set up policies for specifically what you do. Mm -hmm. And those policies are about 60 to $70 a month. So for each car, I'm at about $65 per insurance. I put away about 10% in maintenance and give or take, you know, maybe some gas if you drive in the cars. But, you know, really, that's all because everything else is reimbursed by gas. Um, excuse me, reimbursed by guests or the tour platform itself. Got you. So roughly net net profit, you're looking at around like what a month across all four of the cars. So uh, another expense is also the car note as well. So great question. So when you um, talk about a car that you may finance, an economy car. Let's take my Honda. I think my Honda is about three fifty a month. Mm -hmm. As I said, you about sixty dollars for insurance. So let's say you had about four ten there. Um, Honda's bringing in about a thousand dollars a month. So mm -hmm. you know I'm netting about six hundred, five hundred to six hundred a um, a month. You jump up to my luxury. So the Tesla, when that's renting, um, I'm getting about like I said fifteen hundred to two thousand a month. The mm -hmm. note on the Tesla, uh, commercial financing in my business name is about a thousand dollars. Um, insurance still about sixty dollars, mm -hmm. so I'm netting about nine hundred to a thousand on that one. Good, beautiful, beautiful, yeah. beautiful, 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 beautiful. Okay, okay, okay. So you know, I didn't, I didn't just bring you to come on here and talk about what you do. Mm -hmm. I came on here to bring you on here to teach these people how they could do what you do and beyond, right? So let's 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 dive into it, Gotta right? Give it to the people. I I, I want to dive into how others can dive into this car rental space because it's a very dope space to be in. I've seen people like yourself and so much others have success in it. So I want to break the game down step by step, play by play, so that people could take the information and run with it. So let's get. Yeah. Is that? Can we do that? Is oh, that what you? That's why I'm here. Let's rock. You All right, brought so, me to New York. Come on, man. Let's come go. On, man. I, I, I got a, I got a Philly bull come in the on, building. Man. You got go. me driving up 95. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> let's rock. So first, to first order of business, right? We can't have a car rental business without having the car because you can't rent can't rent what you don't got right so let's talk That's a little right. bit about that if i'm looking to get into the car rental space um how do we go about choosing the right car for toro because like you said i know people that are on toro with Mercedes, and at the same time, I also know people that's on there with Priuses. I know people that's on there with Teslas, and I know people that's on there with Nissans, right? If I'm, you know, John Doe from Idaho, and I'm trying to figure out what's the right car for me to choose to get on Toro, what, how am I able to determine that? Walk Facts. me through that. First thing we're doing is we're doing market research in Idaho. You feel me? I love we, it. We're seeing what's popping in Idaho and right, what's right. going on out there. So first of all, um, as you said, you know, a lot of us live in this social media world. So a big thing with the car sharing space is, you know, you're seeing a lot of people on social media with these Lamborghinis, with these Rolls Royces, with these luxury cars, like you said. So the first thing you want to, you know, do is do that market research and understand what segment you want to be in, right? Right. Um, so for me, like I said, I'm all for the new aspiring entrepreneur getting off that nine to five grind, increasing that income. So I feel as though, you know, the best thing to jump into is maybe an economy car because okay. I keep it a hundred. That economy car is going anywhere in the country, right? Okay. No matter what, where, what state, what city you in, mm -hmm. everybody going to need a car. Um, you know, when they car down, when they come in to travel, mm -hmm. that's why these big rental car companies is, you know, that's why they have big rental car companies. So um, when you start Jumping in, first thing you want to do is that market research. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, I always advise people, jump on the Toro app okay. as a guest, right? And look at the Toro app about a month out. So do like an imaginary book trip about a month out and see what cars are on the app. Mm. See which cars are being rented the most. Right. See what cars are being rented at what rate, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. See if it's an economy. Mm -hmm. Um 
location. Okay. See if it's a luxury location. Because I will say there are some luxury locations. Right. Like a Vegas, right? Like an Atlanta, like a Miami, where it's all travel destinations. But if you're not in one of those travel destinations, see what real realistically what car is going to boom for you. So for me, when you get into the game, you want to do market research, jump on the Toro app, see what's popping in your area, and be realistic about what kind of car you can start out with. And then kind of double back and see where your where your finances are and figure out how you want to get into the game, right? Because right. some people already got a car. Some people might already have an asset that they can put on the road, or you might need to go buy a car. Mm -hmm. So you need to figure out what is your entry point going to be once you do your market research. So with you, you have three economy cars, if I remember correctly. Correct. And you have the the Tesla, which is a little bit top to higher tier, correct? So, the, so I just want to say the Tesla, Tesla got... Uh, Tesla got totaled, man. Okay, got gotcha, you, got you, got you, got you. You keep bringing my Tesla, man. I, You're gonna bring my tier to it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to. Yeah, 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 I had three, three luxury, three economies in a luxury. So my baby got totaled a few months ago. So, R.I.P. to the baby. <laughs> let's get, let's get, let's get into that. But you know, all your cars are based out of Philadelphia, correct? Yes, sir. So now my question is, based off of your market research, what did I'm assuming it was uh, you getting the Tesla was a byproduct of the research that you did at the time? Like you were, you were able to do the research. You saw like, okay. This is a car that will work here. Because like you said, economy is more general, right? It don't mm -hmm. matter. Chances are if you're in, whether you're in Philly or Texas or New York, whatever case may be, a Nissan Altima could probably, probably get pretty good bookings. I like Nissan Altimas. There, there you go. <laughs> but, so, uh, but when it came to you, you getting a Tesla was a byproduct of the market. Was it, uh, what did you see in the market research that you did? You were like, nah, I think I can make this work here. Definitely. So, and this is another reason why I love this game because you have so much flexibility. So not only was... And this is late 2020 going into 2021 when mm -hmm. I got the Tesla. So it was a little bit different market now. You've seen a lot of people with Teslas now, right? Right. Um, it's, it's becoming more of a common car. But back then, you didn't see a lot on the road. And when you seen them um, on the Toro app, you know, you people getting like two, 220 for a Tesla Model 3. So mm -hmm. I'm just like, wow. I'm looking in my market. I see a lot of listings of, uh, not a lot, but I see a decent amount of uh, Tesla Model 3s to let me know that it's a viable option. Mm -hmm. And then I'm looking at the price and I'm just like, man, if I can get 10, 15 days out of a month at 200, you know, $200 a, um, a pop, you mm -hmm. know, I'm looking at two grand, three grand a month. So not only did the numbers speak for themselves, um, but the inventory did. But like I said, the, the Toro game allows you flexibility because you don't have to rent your cars every day. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm getting more cars. I got all economy. So sometimes I drive them. A lot of the times I'm, I'm renting them for the most part. But I'm like, man, I, I you know, I want something I can drive, too. Right. Mm -hmm. So then I'm just like, all right, I'm starting to learn more about commercial finance and how to get these cars in your business name. And we're going to talk about that. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, I got the sauce. For Come on now. But when I was looking at the numbers, the numbers supported it. But then I'm just like, man, if I can make this work for 10 days, 12 days out the month. Well, that 1500 is going to pay the car note. Now right. I got a Tesla free and clear. So a big, to answer your question, a big part of it was the market research supported it, but also the Toro business allowed me to drive that vehicle for free mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and finance it pretty much um, very easily and finance it for free. Got you. Got you. Okay. We're getting, this is getting good. This is getting good. All right. So we have an idea now of what we, what we're supposed to be looking into in terms of different moving factors and variables about choosing the right car for tour right now once we have an idea of you know potentially what car we may be looking to get let's say we want to get into the we want to start off using economy cars where do we go to find these cars where are we going to purchase these cars i, I hear different things from different people some people talk about facebook marketplace other people talk about going to the dealership from your personal experience w talk to us a little bit about that how do we go about finding the where we can buy these cars great question so 
the undertone for this game is flexibility or mm-hmm. options, right? When you get into this game, a thing, I, something I love about it is it provides you a lot of options. So like you just said, there are things like Facebook Marketplace. Understand there are many ways to own a car, whether it's in your personal name or your business name. It's a lot of ways to buy them, right? Mm-hmm. So um, a couple of ways, like you said, you can buy them outright. If you have that capital, you can go ahead and um, Facebook Marketplace. One of my gems, you know, um, I teach this a lot to my car sharing uh, members is, you know, somewhere I've had a lot, a lot of luck with is auctions. Mm. Right. So Facebook Marketplace, private sellers and auctions, okay. all cash cars. Right. You can buy those, get those right in your business name. Mm-hmm. Then the other way you have is that commercial financing to where you can go right to a lender and get approved in your business name. And then you can take those right to a dealership and go ahead and get something right off the lot. With so. the with the auctions, I believe. you Do you need a license to go to the auctions? I believe. So there are two separate types of auctions. There is a dealer's um, auction and a public auction for mm-hmm. the dealers auction, which is where you get it for the super low. You can get things in bulk, right? They get the best deals. You do need a license. You need a lot. It's a lot that goes with that. But I would just go to the public auctions. You don't need any license. A lot of it through the pandemic was online. So literally I'm sitting in the crib on a computer and I'm just bidding on cars, buying them online, going mm-hmm. to pick them up the next day. Okay. 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 Yep. Okay. So we getting there. All yep. right. Okay. Okay. So like you said, buying them out, right. You know, like I said, Facebook Marketplace. What about, is Craigslist a viable option? Or is that yeah, so sketchy? that's what I'm saying. So like the private sellers, you know, you get private sellers from Facebook Marketplace. Craigslist, you know, Craigslist can be a little shady, little, but little, little you tricky. always got to do your due diligence. Facebook Marketplace too, you got to do do your due diligence. So private sellers, I would say, is the biggest one is you just finding somebody, you know, around mm-hmm. Facebook Marketplace or somewhere like Craigslist. Got you, got you. Okay. So now let's say, you know, we, we decide that we want to go ahead and you know, finance a vehicle mm-hmm. that we're looking to put. We say we want to finance a Toyota 20, whatever, whatever the case it may be. One thing I've heard a lot more, uh, more and more when it comes to getting in the rental spaces, getting a car in your business name, getting a car in your business name, things like that, right? Talk, let's talk a little bit about that. When it comes to, let's say I want to go the route of financing a vehicle, yep. right? Is it better for us to finance a vehicle that we're looking to get our car rental business started in our personal name or in our business name and why? So... Excuse me. Um, great question there. If you have the option to, you should do it in your business name, especially okay. as you're moving into entrepreneurship, you're becoming a business owner. The goal here is, you know, we want to get as many assets out of our personal name into our business name as possible, right? right. Like a boss, like a CEO, you want to take that liability away from yourself and put it in your business name. Mm-hmm. So if you have the knowledge, you have the resources, I always advocate for people to go ahead and start that business and start getting cars and structure your business and start getting the cars in your business name. But it's not always that easy, right? It's not always that cut and dry. So even myself personally, um, as I was still learning the game on how to do commercial financing, I started with buying a car in my personal name, right? So I don't want to, you know, take away from people who may have to get that first car in their personal name, right? It's definitely doable. But, you know, the most optimized way is to get them in your in your business name with the strategies that we use. Got you. So, so, so let's, I, 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 I want to learn the strategies. <laughs> I, I want to learn the strategies. No let's walk me through that. How do, how do I, step by step, foot by foot, how do I go ahead and get a car in my business name? What does that process look like? Good question, bro. So, um, we call that process when you get the car from a lender to put it in your business name is commonly referred to as commercial financing, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a commercial financing strategy. The first thing you need with that, of course, you need the business, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to go ahead and start that business. I'm a big proponent of LLCs, especially for new entrepreneurs. Simple to start, easy, um, not too much of a money burden, right? Um, easy to form. So start that start that business. Mm-hmm. After that, you want to structure your business, right? This is mm-hmm. a place where I see a lot of entrepreneurs slip. And when you go ahead and put that um, 
that uh, loan request in, mm -hmm. it's a it's an instant red flag, instant denial because the business isn't set up right. So once you get that business, you want to make sure you have a few things in place. Of course, that certificate of organization, your, your state document, you mm -hmm. want to have that EIN. Mm -hmm. um, then you want to go ahead and put some kind of ground, some foundation around that. So a big thing that people slip up on is that business address. Mm. I did it as well. You know, my first business, my first LLC, that thing was at my mama house. <laughs> you feel me? Right. Uh, lender, look up my, you know, lender, look up my, uh, business look look at my business on the on the app mm -hmm. they won't see my mom crib so mm -hmm. you know first thing i want i want everybody to do is go ahead and get that virtual office mm -hmm. you know there there are buildings or companies that have buildings that will collect your mail and let you use your address so i, I go virtual office after that then you want to go ahead and structure kind of that digital footprint right right so if that lender go ahead and look up your business online mm -hmm. they see a fully functioning business go ahead and get that domain mm -hmm. get your business email so you can put that on the application get a little one-page website so you got an actual business starting to form around that, right? Mm -hmm. Then beyond that, you want to go ahead and um, set up that business bank account, mm -hmm. get that going. And then you fully, you kind of fully in the game at that point. Um, get a business phone number, of course. That kind of goes in with the business address, right? That's the structure for your business. After that, well, I actually like to say simultaneously. This is where a lot of entrepreneurs get caught up too. It don't matter where you go in this space, right? As many assets that you get in your business name, personal credit is always going to be key. Okay. And coming out of my corporate world, bro, I came out, I was I was five years in as a financial advisor, bro. I had like a 590. Really? Crazy. I'm literally giving people $100,000 million advice, mm -hmm. retirement plans, insurance. Bro, I'm out here with a 590. Crazy. Bro. So I say, as you start to structure that business, as you start it, as you structure it, get that credit right. Because mm -hmm. I know a lot of people where we from, we didn't get taught credit. We right. don't really know how to, how to maneuver with it or the importance of it. So go ahead and get that credit right as you're simultaneously structuring your business. Mm -hmm. And after that, you got two things in place, which is the personal credit mm -hmm. and your structure LLC. Mm -hmm. And that's how you get your funding. In this case, a commercial uh, financing loan. And now you're ready to go to the lender. Right. So you want to jump into the lenders now? You want to jump into the mm -hmm. how, how that is? Yo, of course, well, give the get. Go, all go, right, go. Right, bro, right. This, this is your show at this all point. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> my guy, my guy. So, you know, you got your personal credit right. You got your um your your LLC started and structured. Mm -hmm. Now you're ready to hit them banks. You're ready to hit them financial institutions. So you know people may have heard it. It was very popular in like starting like 2021, 2022. Mm -hmm. But you know one of my favorite lenders is Bank of America. Right. right? We call that the BOA play. Mm -hmm. Um. So pretty much what this is is just a bank, and they're going ahead. They're giving loans, auto loans to business owners, right, to mm -hmm. increase their fleet. Mm -hmm. Now, everybody might not have a car sharing business. You know, some people have, you know, trucking business, moving businesses, right? These are all types of vehicles, but they're specifically designed to go in your business name. So um, it's called a Bank of America Business Advantage Loan. Okay. Business Advantage Auto say, Loan. Say, say that one more time. Bank of America Business Advantage Auto Loan. Got you. Right? So you can... Super simple. You can go right on the website, Google that, go right on the website, and this is where you submit the application. Now, we did all that front-end work because that's all they're asking, right? Right. Um, a lot of times when people go into lenders, these lend they're, they're going, going to the wrong one, so these lenders are like, yo, where are your tax returns? All right, we need to see your business, you know, made so-and-so so we can, you know, secure the loan, mm -hmm. right? You got to show me that you've proven something. So a big thing with me was finding what we call no-doc lenders, no-documentation lenders. Mm -hmm. These are essentially financial institutions who will give you these loans, give you this business credit, mm -hmm. without necessarily checking um, your tax returns, mm -hmm. without necessarily checking your business's profit and loss statements. And I need that. It's my first year. At that point, it's my first year in business. I don't mm -hmm. got none of that, right? Fact. I'm still trying to figure out the taxes. Um, so the fact that there are no-doc lenders, 
they got to be basing it on something. Right. Now, this goes back to where I told you. Let's get that personal, personal credit. credit. Right. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. So what they use is what you call a personal guarantee, mm-hmm. um, which means you are the person guaranteeing this loan on your business. Right. So they don't need those those documents because they're about to hit your credit and see if you're a good lender personally as the owner of the business. Mm-hmm. So you structure your business. You put all that information in the app. You go through, you get your PG. Once they hit your PG, um, you know, they, they spin back with an approval. Like I said, if you do the stuff that I'm telling you, I usually recommend about a 685 or above to go through a play like this. Um, you go through the application, you submit it, and then that's when you kind of start to get things in your business name. But you can, you know, you can probably go to any bank and um, a lot of banks and go ahead and get these commercial loans. A lot of them offer them. But the reason I like this BOA play is not only because it's, it's super fast and it's simple, but, bro, you got to start to really manage and, you know, kind of finesse with your credit, right? I want to get the most out of my credit without, you know, taking the most hits. Mm-hmm. So a golden key about this Bank of America play is that you can literally submit four, up to four back-to-back applications in one night and get one hard inquiry. Say that again. Bro, you can literally submit. I'll, I'll jump out the chair right now. Go Listen, ahead. Say, go ahead. Go ahead. Listen, go ahead. Go ahead. Bro. And I, I I think I fell out my chair when I when I learned this, bro. When you I, said go ahead, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. Go ahead, go go. Bank go. of America Business Advantage Auto Loan. Mm-hmm. Go through the application, structure your business, take the PJ, mm. go in there with a six eighty five plus. And if you're ready to scale your fleet, this is the perfect auto loan for you because you can go ahead and do that same process of the application four times back to back in one night and get one hard inquiry. Mm. And that's not all. When you go ahead and get approved for these auto loans, bro, none of this is showing up on your personal credit report. So I'm 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 literally spending a block with four cars in one night, right? I'm doing it overnight. Let, let everybody leave out the office, go through the go through the automated system, and I'm putting four back-to-back applications and same information all in one night. You know, get all those approvals. Now I got my approval letter and I can take that right to the dealer. I don't gotta go in there and haggle with the deal with the dealership and get my credit hit. 40 times, mm-hmm. right? I already got got my pre-approval letter. Mm-hmm. I'm already doing my mar- market research for as far as what car that I want. And this allows me to go right to the dealership in my business name, get four cars, walk out. Now my Toro fleet is popping. Mr. Jarvis. Crazy, bro. I see why they say you need business. Because <laughs> he came man. here and he came to talk about business, on, brother. Man. This man came with a black shirt and said, I'm, I'm, it's about to be a funeral. I'm, on, I'm killing man. the game. I love it. I love black it. Party, baby. This is, this is, this is getting good. Okay. This is getting really, really good. But you you um, you said you closed out and you said something that was actually kind of gonna kind of segue into my next question. When it comes to getting these cars, right? Because typically most of us don't know about, you know, going directly to the finance, uh directly to the lenders, Bank of America or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, wherever else we can go. Are you totally against like, you know, if we're looking to get a car for our car rental business, are you totally against going to the dealership or are you kind of like 50-50 on it? And, or does it depend? Where are you when it comes to that? Now, when you say go to the dealership, go to the dealership as far as finding financing? Yeah. Um, no, I'm not. Uh, so you can actually do direct-to-dealership business financing, right? Okay. Before I get into that, though, just to jump back on this BOA play. Talk to me. One of my fav- That is one of my favorite plays, but I don't because that was a great question as far as direct-to-dealership. You don't have to run the bill weight play, bro. That's I just I ran it because mm-hmm. you could do four back to back. Why would right. I want four cars, right? right. Um, but say you know that play doesn't work out, you want to go somewhere else, bro. You can run that play with so many institutions. You got other ones like Ally Financial, they mm-hmm. do commercial financing, and another one like you just said, you can go direct to these dealers. So places like Mercedes Benz, mm-hmm. Honda, 
Tesla, mm-hmm. they will all pretty much do that same process of taking your business information, doing a PG, and give you these give you these auto loans. So I'm definitely not opposed to going to the dealership. I'm opposed to going to the dealership with a personal. Okay. In my personal name. Okay. Because I've been there before, right? Right, right, right. And I, and I went in there with, you know, when I had my regular car, 650. Mm-hmm. And they even shot my credit score out to 30 banks. And I right. left it with a 580 and right. a $500 car note. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm definitely oh. against that for, for my bag chasers. Right? right. I don't want nobody had to go through that process. Um, but as far as if you need another play, like I said, you can literally go to these dealers. If you don't run direct to a bank, mm-hmm. go to these dealers and get funding from them as far as a car loan um, in your business name using the same type of style as a PG. So now... Uh, the only re- the main reason I asked about going directly to the to to the dealerships is because as I'm sure you know there's always been this huge stigma around going to these dealerships because you know snake oil salesmen and they trying to you know all the, all the fine print in the paperwork and the contracts mm-hmm. and things like that. Let's say someone's like you know I don't want to do the BOA play I want to go directly to the dealership to get my vehicle for my car into business. From your personal experience, and you talked about it, obviously one of the, the biggest ways to avoid getting getting got yeah. is making sure your personal credit is right. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that we should be looking for when we're going to to these dealerships to get this car for our business? Yeah, great question. And that actual perspective was one of the reasons why I went to the bank first, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm walking out of it with a pre-approval. So the first option is to mitigate that. Get your pre-approval first. Mm-hmm. Now I'm walking into the dealership with my mind made up. Mm-hmm. The car, I already know the price. Mm-hmm. I already know what, you know, what my make or break number is. So if it goes above, I'm good. I know how much I need to hit to make a profit, right? So there's really no way you can finesse me if I already did my research and I already got my pre-approval. I'm just coming to buy the car. I don't need you to sell me on this. You know, I don't need you to sell me on that. I, I already got my mind made up. So that's the number one way to, to mitigate, you know, getting finessed is have your pre-approval. Second is like I say with anything, any endeavor that you want to take on, do your research, right? Understand um, the ins and outs of buying a car, right? With what packages you need, because mm-hmm. you know a lot of times you know you want to get the gap just in case you know something gets smacked out. What um, was the early. gap for those who don't know? What's the gap? Um, the gap insurance essentially is when it's like a, a package that you can get from dealers that will pay the remainder or the difference of your balance of your car compared mm-hmm. to what you've paid on it in case it gets banged out early, it gets into an accident early, right? So let's just give a little example. If you owe 25000 on a car, mm-hmm. right, and you know when you drive off the lot, it's 20, 20% depreciation. Mm-hmm. And this applies a lot, you know, in your first couple months to a year in the, in the car rental game. Mm-hmm. Say you drive that $25,000 car off the lot, and now it's worth 22000 right? And you haven't had enough months to kind of recoup that difference. Right. So it's a difference in the market value compared to what you owe on your finance value. Right. Gap insurance says if you pay this low amount extra per month, no matter what happens, if there's a gap on what you owe compared to what it's worth, we'll pay that. Mm, okay. Right. So, you know, you don't want to get caught with an extra 3000 right? right? And that's right. good. Although Toro, and we can get into that, although if you run the play as far as Toro, the way that, you know, I teach it, always being secure, theft, and, um, you know, pretty much damage protection, you'll be covered, right? They'll reimburse you. But there are still some cases where, say, the, you know, market drops. Right. And we're in a crazy car market, right? It was right. it was super high in 2021 it's, or 2021, 2022. It's starting to come down. So if you bought a, a high-priced car in 2022 mm-hmm. and now it gets in an accident, you know, you, you're going to owe a difference, right? So mm-hmm. Toro only gives you $21,000. It's still worth, to, I'm still owe 25. Mm-hmm. You want that gap insurance to cover the rest. So that's one thing. Understanding 
the small nuances that you need to do when you buy these cars, you know, gap insurance, the warranty, right? Mm -hmm. um, I usually get a warranty on my, on my cars, right? First of all, I'm running this BOA play. They're going to put an extra little 10% into that loan. So they're going to give me 110% of my vehicle value to account for things like gap insurance, that warranty, and the extra taxes, right? So my lender already paid for this stuff. It's going to be incorporated into the car note. So I want to go ahead and get that warranty. So oil changes are covered. So, you know, if, uh, you know, I get a little chip or, you know, a little, um, um, you know, damage, like mechanically, mm -hmm. I can bring it right into the, to the shop, right back to the dealer and get it fixed mm -hmm. as opposed to having to go to Midas or something and right. getting taxed. So just know, just understand what you're, you know, going for, understand what comes in with the package, um, and do your research. That's, that's one of the biggest things for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where well, I'm about to stop. I'm about to stop doing YouTube <laughs> and just start a car rental business. I'm about to stop doing YouTube and start a car rental business. You give, you're giving away all oh, man. Game. You know it just you know that Toro just opened up in New York too last oh, year. Well, so. it's, it's, oh, you know what I'm saying it's, get, the game is over. <laughs> My is New a, York New York suit has been super happy, man. Right, 100, 100. Okay, this is getting really, really good. This is getting really, really good. So now, you know, I was talking about kind of trying to avoid getting got by you know, going through the dealerships, the snake oil salesmen, things like that. But like you said, there's so many different avenues for us to get that car for our car rental business. Okay. Going back to what you said before, the private sellers, right? You know, we've seen a commercial, show me the Carfax, right? Mm -hmm. Things of that nature. If we're getting a car from a private seller, what are we doing to make sure that they're not selling us a, a beater? Right, or a little lemon. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Lemon. There you go. lemons out here. There you go. How, how, do, I, how do I avoid that? And I, I preface, like I said, I'm all about transparency. I done bought a lemon before, bro. Okay. I done, I done bought a lemon. So nothing is 100% that you about to get away. I done bought a lemon, right? Right. Um, but I think one thing, you you just hit, you know, one great aspect is the Carfax, right? Right. When you go go buy these cars, yeah, it might be an extra $80, $100. But if you're about to spend five, six, seven, ten thousand dollars $10,000 on a private car, I think it's worth it. 100%. Right? So yeah. one, I want to get the Carfax so I can understand if it's been any accidents, any damage, overall value. Right. So that's number one. Um, then essentially a big thing for me, I always got a mechanic on deck. Mm. Right. So that's something you want to have in your car sharing business, too. Not just the buying aspect, the owning aspect. too. Right. You want to have somebody you can call, come up, change those brakes, change it. If you don't do it yourself, change the oil, right. do the little do the little fixes. So bring your mechanic. Mm -hmm. Right. I want to I want to get my car fixed, make sure everything is OK. Now I'm bringing my mechanic with me. We're going to do a quick inspection. I might actually take it to a little place, do an inspection. Right. Um, so those are two very powerful things is Carfax, as well as having a, a readily available mechanic mm -hmm. and we're just getting an inspection on it. Right. Third thing is do the research. Okay. That's a theme here, right? Do yeah. your research. Yeah. Um, buy your vehicles based on factors of reliability, mm. um, durability, mm -hmm. cost efficiency. Mm -hmm. So those are big for me, right? How can I leverage the bank for the buck? Right. So if a Camry, cost nine, you know, a Toyota cost nine, 10,000, but it's going to last me up to 200,000 miles. I think I can get, you know, four or five years on a Toro. Mm -hmm. That reliability factor is there as, as opposed to, you know, I'll even go like luxury things like maybe like a Maserati, you know, something like that, that are, you know, shoot, I had a Mazda, um, Mazda Ford Focus. And they just kept hitting me with the, um, the maintenance. Right. Mm -hmm. So, after that, I'm like, man, I'm going for all high-value reliability cars. So long story short, you know, I want you guys to look for reliable models, mm -hmm. durability, and ones that you can leverage maybe like a, a lower-cost entry barrier into, 
long-term profit on Toro. Got you. Right? So that's that's big for me. What can you buy at a lower at a lower price mm-hmm. where you can make that back in a few months? Mm-hmm. And it's going to last you so you can run that bag up on that vehicle. This episode of the Marvin Francois Show is sponsored by Takeoff Financial. Do you have bad credit, but are you looking to get it restored? Then look no further than my credit restoration company, Takeoff Financial, where we specialize in removing late payments, charge-offs, collections, repossessions, evictions, and so much more. All you have to do is head over to TakeoffFinancial.com. I repeat, that's TakeoffFinancial.com, where you can book a free consultation with one of our credit experts so that we can help you get one step closer to your credit goals. That's TakeoffFinancial.com. Let's help get your credit score to the moon. But back to the episode. No, not just run that bag up. Run that bag, bag, bag. That's big bag. The, the biggest big bag. You understand me? Okay. All right. Okay. You said something good. You were talking about how, you know, not just having things in the buying process to ensure that you're not buying a lemon. Exactly. But getting things as well in the ownership process or the ownership part of the business as well. Once you got your car. Having certain things in place to make sure that, you know, we're protecting our asset, right? Our business is properly structured to where nothing is stopping the bag, 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 the biggest bag. The biggest. You understand? Let's dive a little bit more into that. If I, let's say, you know, Ralph Means Biz just gave all the game. I got the car. I thank God I didn't buy a lemon. You understand? I got, I ran the BOA play. I got it through a private seller, Ally Financial, whatever maybe. I got the car. Mm-hmm. I need to know now what are some of the key purchases that I need to make to ensure that I'm running my, my business is running smoothly and efficiently. Cause remember, you know, this is a, this is a rental business. You got a lot of crazy people out there that don't care about your Nissan Altima or your Tesla model X as much as, as much as you do. So I got to do what I need to do in advance before I get give the car to those people to make sure it comes back in one piece. Facts. What are some of those key purchases that I need to make once I have ownership of my car to make sure my asset is protected and my business is running smoothly. Facts. So you made a great point right there. Nobody, almost 99% of people are not going to treat your car Facts. the way you would treat it, mm-hmm. right? Just imagine, I mean, I did it when I was, when I was young too. Like mm-hmm. when we go rent them cars, yeah, yeah. sure, I'm, 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 I'm going crazy in them, right? I'm just going to bring it back. So first thing you want to do um, is just have the kind of that protection there, right? The mm-hmm. protection if anybody does anything with my car, tries to take my car, I'm always in control. You mm-hmm. always want to be in control of your assets, Fact. asset protection. Fact. Right? And mm-hmm. we're going to do that in this car rental space with a GPS and kill switch. Beautiful. Like, any anytime I, anybody, I talk to a student who just bought a vehicle, first thing you need to do before you list it, get that GPS, get that kill switch. Okay. And essentially what that is, is a device that can get hardwired in your vehicle. There are some ones that you can kind of plug in that OBD. Um, I don't really use those because if somebody about to take my car, they're going to pull it right out, right? So, right. Kind of defeats the purpose there. So I'm getting a hardwired GPS kill switch. It's a device that you kind of um, put into your mechanical system mm-hmm. of your vehicle. You get like an automotive tech to put it in there. Mm-hmm. Now, what this allows you to do is literally track your vehicle location everywhere it goes. Mm. And more importantly than tracking it and knowing where it's at all the time, right. this allows you to kill the car if anything starts getting fishy, right? Mm-hmm. And it's happened before. I've had to do it multiple times mm-hmm. when somebody, you know, they don't bring that car back on, on, on return day. When a Philly bull. Is that, <laughs> when is a that... Philly bull start acting like a Philly bull. Well, there you, know you go. <laughs> there you go. So now you know, I need to protect my asset. So mm-hmm. this allows me to literally kill the car. The next time that car turns off, it's not turning back on. Mm-hmm. And I got the location, so I'm going to go get my asset. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Um, next thing you want to do is go ahead. We talked about it a little bit before. Let's get that commercial insurance. Okay. So a big thing that people kind of get caught up on is how to insure your car. Toro does have 
not an insurance policy, but they have coverage plans that will reimburse you if damage happens. So it's pretty much like insurance. They go through Liberty Mutual. Um, I'm sorry, they go through Travelers now, switched up last year, um, to be able to reimburse you. But you also still, just to be able to drive your car off that lot, you're going to need your own insurance. And big personal, so big um, corporate commercial companies haven't necessarily caught up to this car sharing space yet. Mm -hmm. It's still a new space. So a lot of these personal policies and just overall regular policies don't necessarily factor in car sharing, personal mm -hmm. renting of your car. Okay. And if they find out you're doing it, they will cut you. Yes, yeah, done. You're done. Yeah, you feel me? Done. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to lose your insurance policy. Fact. So what we're doing is we're getting commercial insurance to go with commercial insurance providers who have crafted policies that are specifically for car sharing hosts. Mm -hmm. So that means worst case scenario, if Toro doesn't reimburse, re, like reimburse me, right? Right. Um, something happens and I don't get reimbursed. Hopefully with these strategies, I have never not been reimbursed. Mm -hmm. And most of the time I make more than what the what the um, actual damage costs. But let's just say it, it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Now you got your commercial insurance policy. You don't got to call, you know, your personal insurer mm -hmm. and say, hey, um, and make up a story. Mm -hmm. Because if you tell them somebody else was renting and driving, they're not going to cover you Fact. for the personal insurance policy, right? Right. And if you got a $25,000 car, let alone a luxury, and you still owing money on it, right, right, and right. you don't get insured, you're done. Mm -hmm. We talked about that personal credit. You're done now. You're finished. Right? So this commercial policy, if if you don't get reimbursed, you can literally call them and say, hey, I got into a, you know, a renter got into an accident mm -hmm. um, on this platform, and they already know what the game is. Mm -hmm. So they'll reimburse you. And now it's a lot of, it's a lot new uh, commercial insurers, a lot more popping up. I won't say a lot, but it's definitely popping up. Are there any that you would up. recommend? Um, so personally, I use a commercial insurer called ABI, okay. American Business Insurance. But say it again. It, say it again. ABI, there American Business Insurance. Mm -hmm. I'm saying I'm only going to say it twice. So, make sure <laughs> but the good thing is, is this car sharing game is expanding now. So more insurers are starting to see the opportunity of getting into it, and they're starting to craft policies around it. Mm -hmm. So ABI isn't the only policy out there now. A new one. Um, that's out there now that a lot of people are using, not only for Toro, but for personal rentals, is Lula. Okay. And another one that um, that I've heard about is Liberty Mutual as well, too. Mm -hmm. So they actually have, you know, some policies, those companies that will work with you as a car sharing host. And if something happens, we'll reimburse you without cutting you. Beautiful. When it comes to the, the you said you mentioned the GPS and the kill switch. What are, are there any personal brands that you would recommend? I've heard a couple like Gold Star, Spirion, something mm -hmm. like that. Do you have any that you would recommend? Gold Star, Spirion. Gotcha. That's, that's, uh. What I have in three of my four vehicles, mm -hmm. and I started out with one I call, uh, well, excuse me, one called Pastime. Okay. Still same, very similar, very similar. The difference for me was, so to answer your question, those are those are two for, for our listeners right mm -hmm. here. We got Gold Star Sperion, and we got Pastime. My personal preference is Gold Star Sperion. If you guys go out there, mention your boy. Come on now. Yeah, um, so Gold Star Sperion actually integrates with my car sharing management platform, right? Mm. So a platform that I use to manage all of my bookings, manage all of my numbers, um, send out my messages, communication with guests, they actually have a place that will integrate with Gold Star Sperion. Mm -hmm. And now you can kind of see where the car is, you can do the kill switch, you can do everything right from my car sharing management platform. So those are probably my two favorite um, when, it, when it comes to the excuse me, when it comes to um, Gold Star and Pastime, when it comes to the GPSs. I love it.
you know what what's beautiful is you started off this episode and you said you want to keep things authentic mm-hmm. right and i think it's important and that's why i wanted to have you on here because you on social media like i'm on social media we see a lot of people in the entrepreneurial space everybody posting stripe deposits everybody mm-hmm. posting bank accounts i want to hear about the l's man i want to hear about the losses that y'all oh, are taking man. the money that y'all are losing because if you selling me a course if you selling me a mentorship i need to see both sides of the coin before i jump headfirst into this right and you you like you said from the top of this this episode you kept it very transparent you know you said coming into this year you last year which was 2022 <laughs> you had how many cars i got four told? bro Talk. Let, let's talk about that. What are what are what's the dark side of this business that most people aren't talking about? The headaches, the crazy renters. Can, can we can we dive a little bit more into that so people really understand? You know, we talked about the good. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the bad. What what's the bad side of the car rental business and not enough people are talking about? Definitely. Um, that's a good point right there. Now the funny thing is, I wouldn't necessarily say these renters totaling my cars is the dark side. Okay. Honestly, I made money off of every one of those totals more than I paid for. Oh, talk talk about that. Talk about remember, that. Remember, remember I told you 2022, 2021, mm-hmm. car prices was crazy. Right. Right. I bought most of those cars 2019, 2020. Specifically, I'll, I'll, let's do a little case study. 2020, one of my first vehicles for Toro was a 2018, this was 2019, but it was a 2018 Chevy Malibu. Okay. I bought it directly from Hertz for mm-hmm. $17,000. This was my baby, too. It was mm-hmm. like my first car on Toro. It was early in the Toro game. Nobody mm-hmm. really knew about it. I was making like $1,500 a month mm-hmm. on this vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. So it was going strong for me. Here it comes 2022. Um, now from 2019 to 2022, we went through the pandemic. We went through um, a lot of changes in the market, and we started seeing those car shortages, which mm-hmm. means car prices went up. Right. So at that time, that same Chevy Malibu that I bought for seventeen thousand mm-hmm. is now worth twenty two thousand, mm-hmm. right? So now I had a, a irresponsible renter. They they totaled the car, right? right? And it, it, it's a headache because you know you don't want to see any of your assets get totaled because in the long run it could probably make you more money than you're going to get kind of on that back end, right? Right. But things happen. So when they totaled the car, you know I did all my procedures as I break down. Um, with my with my with my members, with my students, I did all my procedures as far as the pictures, the lockbox, everything, right? So I was covered. Mm-hmm. So once again, I got covered for the damage. It was total. Um, so I had to get the fair market value of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. That vehicle came back, like I said, at about twenty two and a half thousand dollars. I bought it for seventeen. Mm-hmm. I had it for two years. Toro was paying the car note, so I didn't still owe seventeen on it. I owe like fourteen grand on it, right? Mm-hmm. So. They sent me, they sent um, Hertz to, or no, I'm sorry, I think it was through Capital One. They sent Capital One to check for the 14, mm-hmm. but it was worth 22. 22. Mm-hmm. That's the 8K difference. And where do you think that went? Mm-hmm. In your pocket. Yeah, sir, ski. That come went on. right to the business bank account. So come that's an $8,000 $8, come up mm-hmm. on not something I can control, but just leveraging my asset, making income. That's, bro, that's not even counting the money it was making me every month. Mm-hmm. So I was probably paying like four fifty insurance car note on it. And like I said, it was good times, but I was making like 1500 on that car in 2019. Right. Going into 2020, 2021, it was like probably between 800 to 1100 a month, which is still good money. I'm pocketing like 500, 600 net every month on it. So I think I did the numbers. I think I made like 11 grand on that one vehicle through rental mm-hmm. revenue, right? Uh, 11 grand in that two and a half years. And then I got a check for eight thousand dollars when it got total, bro. Yo, hold on, it's not. You gotta say it. You gotta say it. So you get eight thousand dollars. Eight thousand dollars, bro. On, brother. Okay. On top of the ten I already made, so I literally made 
about 18k mm-hmm. off of a vehicle um you know that that I financed I really never paid any money for it because right. I financed it no money down and every car note got paid by the by the way of the rentals so it's like a free asset. free 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 asset free money so let me just that was just a little quick story for you as far as like a lot of people think damage and cars getting totaled right. is the is the dark side of this but if you play your cards right and you take the right precautions bro that can be a come up for real the dark side it's just having to deal with people all the time, right? Okay. Just just the, the negative nature of some people, you know, when they're in somebody else's asset or right. in somebody else's um, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're going to just get, like, just like any business, you're going to get just negative, some negative people, you're going to get people who don't care, Facts. who are just headaches, right? Yeah. So guest and client relations can be a headache, especially if you're not used to dealing with people. Mm-hmm. See, I was I was in the corporate finance space, so I was talking to multiple people every day, and mm-hmm. not everybody is a great client, right? So right. people have attitudes, they have their predetermined disposition, same thing in business, bro. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, one thing that is the dark side, can be the dark side of this business is you got to deal with people. Yeah, You got to deal with all types of people. Right. And sometimes it's not always the best experience, but you got to keep trucking through. Number two, it's just overall vehicle maintenance, bro. Like, mm-hmm. think about your vehicle. You know, I, I know a lot of people have gone through it, bro. It's just, it just sucks when something happens on your car, right? And you right. got to take it to the shop. You get in a little accident, right? So when when I do, when people do get into accidents and it's not fully totaled, I got to take it to the body shop, mm-hmm. right? I got I to gotta find different body shops. I got to wait it out. So, um, like I said, vehicle maintenance, just having to take care of, like, when I was up to, like, eight cars, I had to take care of eight cars, right? Mm-hmm. I had to get eight inspections every year. I had right. to keep up with eight brake changes, uh, brake pad changes, right? right? I had to keep up with eight times, you know, four, what's that? 32 different tires that I need to change per year. Rotations. and Crazy. Things. Right. So to answer your question, bro, the dark side can be dealing with all types of people as well as just keeping up with a multitude of cars. But that's where we put systems into place and we start to scale and, you know, we turn this dark side of things into a mindset where we know it's going to happen and we put systems around it to take care of it with the most efficiency. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Another thing I wanted to talk about kind of in that dark side realm, mm-hmm. you talk about slow seasons, right? Like yes, the reality, the reality of our car being booked every single day, probably not likely. We would, I mean, that'd be beautiful for business, right? But chances are it's not the case when it comes to remember, this is an asset. We want to try and get as much money from this thing as possible, right? We want to go ahead and run up that bag, 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 are there different things that we can do to monetize our, you know, car cars, you know, our cars that we have for our car rental business, maybe outside of Toro mm-hmm. to accommodate for like slow seasons, right? Because they go it's not a matter of if, it's mm-hmm. a matter of when. Slow seasons will come. Are there other things that we could do to monetize this asset beyond just Toro to make sure we still have some type of income coming in? Definitely. First of all, understand when your slow season is. Okay. We're on the East Coast, so our slow season is usually around this time. Right. The December's, the January's um, winter time when a lot of people are not traveling, a lot of right. people are not right. going out. Right. So so understand your location as opposed to somewhere I got students in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Their their slow time is kind of the summer when it's 130 degrees outside and nobody outside. Yeah, I ain't eating. Right. I ain't running nothing. But but kind of like in that winterish and spring is great weather out there. So that's their popping season. So um, understand your location and you'll be prepared for your slow seasons. Mm-hmm. Number two goes back to something we talked about, talked about before. Get the right car mm-hmm. because a Lamborghini, um, a high value luxury car, you know, like all those exotic cars you see, they're not renting every day. And in the winter, 
like they probably put up somewhere, right? Right. But when I when I talk about my favorite type of cars, right? It's these economy cars. Fact. Bro, it ain't like it's not really a slow season for economy cars, bro. Okay. Like you feel me? It, it, it's definitely something that are down a little bit, but for the most part, bro, people want to need economy cars year round. Mm-hmm. People cars break down in December, they break down in August. Right? So Second thing is get the right car. Understand your market. Mm-hmm. Understand what type of vehicle is going to get the most um, revenue, mm-hmm. right, and mm-hmm. is doing the best. Mm-hmm. And like I said, for me, it's an economy car. So those economy cars are going to kind of go all year round. Um, and that's a big thing for me with you can't avoid slow season. Mm-hmm. You can only, you know, trek through it. Right. Right. So you kind of also talked about other income streams. Now, you don't got to be going through a slow season to want other income streams. Mm-hmm. You might just not have a booking for one week or a weekend or a couple of days. And you, man, how can I get more money off of this? Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, there are always other ways. I think about there are always other ways to monetize this asset. Toro is not the only platform, right? Mm-hmm. Toro, a lot of people who rent on Toro are going to be people who are kind of visiting tourists, right? Yeah. Tourists. But you also get your locals, right? A lot of my clients in Philadelphia are locals. Maybe their car, you know, broke down. They don't have a car. They need to get around. Um, so that's a, that's a demographic tourists Mm. and locals, but there's a whole nother demographic that you can touch. Mm. And these are people who need cars to work, Mm. which we call gig workers. So 2020 and 2021 exposed the importance of things like DoorDash, Mm. Uber, Mm. all of those things. So you can literally get into a market and you can start renting your car out to these gig workers. Mm. So think about like, put the reverse lens on, right? You don't have a car. You might not even have a job, but you want to do what we're talking about. You want to start creating another income stream. Mm-hmm. So one of the easiest things, man, I'm going to start doing DoorDash. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start doing Grubhub, Ooh, but you don't got a car. Right. Man, you can go rent a car on platforms like HireCar. You can rent a car, and now you can start doing DoorDash. Mm-hmm. So you can pay off the $50 a day on a car. If you're making $100 a day, $150, $200, I don't really know what they make, but say $150, $200 a day, now you're making $150 minus that $50. With an asset, like, you don't even have to hit your credit. You can have bad credit. You don't even need a car. Mm-hmm. So spend that back to us as a host. If I want to go a different direction, right, I can start renting out to these gig workers, giving, let, renting my car out to people who don't necessarily have a car, who need a car to make money. Mm-hmm. And what I've seen with these people, nobody, like I said, nobody's going to take 100% care of your car the same way you did. But these people are using your vehicle to, to make, make money, money for yeah. themselves. Right. So they have more of an incentive to kind of take care of your car because they want to keep it as long as possible so it can keep making them money, Mm -hmm. right? Not only that, but then you find people, I found more or less on a platform like Hire Car, Mm -hmm. because they're doing gig work, it's not just a weekend trip. Mm -hmm. It's not just a week trip. They're Mm -hmm. just not here for four days, right? They're about to, a lot of times you get week, multiple week to month long Mm -hmm. to year long rentals with higher car because essentially it's like their car Mm -hmm. they're doing gig work every day you never know when they might do it right so they don't really have a predetermined time when they might want to bring it back right and a lot of times when they you know their time uh end date comes up they're they're extending it for more so i say all that to say um higher car is another way to rent to a different client demographic Mm -hmm. that has different pros you know different kinds as well but, you know, I see that they're longer-term rentals and it's a little bit more incentive to, you know, take care of the vehicle. Um, so that's one for me. And I'll give you another one, too. Let's do it. Let's All go. Right? I mean, I'm, come on, I got to get a game out, bro. I love it. Right? Let's go. Let's go. So to monetize your vehicle even more, now this goes to a different, maybe a different subset. It depends on what type of car you have. Mm-hmm. We talked about the luxuries. We talked about the exotics as well, right? I told you my favorite is kind of those economies. But 
some markets may support the exotics, but if you do find yourself in the exotic or, or a luxury, um, there are definitely plays for that too. Besides just a regular rental, you can start using these vehicles and it doesn't necessarily have to be a luxury. It just gotta, it just gotta fit the bill. Right. Right. You can start using these vehicles for things like proms, renting mm-hmm. them out for daily for proms. Mm-hmm. You can start um, doing it. Like if you got trucks, you can start doing things like, you know, renting it out to people who may need to move back and forth Facts. Um, and things like photo shoots, rap videos and things like that. Facts. And I, I mean, you don't gotta have like a Lamborghini for a rap video. Like I know a lot of, rappers mm-hmm. who don't got Lamborghinis in their video. They might got the, the Charger SRT. Facts. Right? And I know a lot of people who who got Chargers and mm-hmm. Challengers and mm-hmm. Hellcats and Trackhawks as Toro cars. Facts. Why not rent it for a day at a music shoot? Why not rent it for a day, you know, for a prom or something? Mm-hmm. And still make that $200 a day and not not kind of have all that other risk tied into it. So those are a few ways, man. It's not all just about Toro. We could turn these cars into assets multiple ways. Ralph means business. Come on, man. You mean business? Well, you know why I'm here. <laughs> this message was man, I, man, I, 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 I'm so grateful and thankful for you coming on here and blessing the audience with the game on top of the game on top of the game. I know we have to get you out of here. One final question to wrap this thing up. Answer this question. Fill, fill in the blank for me, right? We got the game on how to start get get, get the car, start the business, structure the business, the dark times, slow seasons, everything. Finish the sentence for me. You should not get into this line of business if blank. You are emotionally attached to your vehicle. Okay. Talk a little bit about that. If you view, you know, I've been calling my, my, my cars my baby, but they my babies because they make me money. Right. All my money-making babies. Right. But if you, as a regular owner of a vehicle, are getting into this game and you love your car, mm-hmm. you love to drive it. You love the way it looks. You mm-hmm. love, to, you know, to sit in that seat and the way it smells in there, right? This game ain't for you. People are going to take that car. And they're going to do anything, mm-hmm. right? It's not going to come back the same way you got it every time. But that's just a part of the game. If you do the right steps, take the right steps, Toro's going to reimburse you. You're going to get paid for everything, right? Right. So you have to start understanding your car isn't your baby that you love and, you know, cherish so much. It's an ATM. Right. It's an income stream. Mm-hmm. So when you start looking at it as an income stream, all the small things don't matter. All the little scratches, the little dents, little accident, you know, things like that. You got to be able to take those things in stride right? and understand what the end game is. The end game is to make profit. The end game is to create wealth and take this, you know, to another lane and expand your, you know, your business even more. Right. right. So, as I said, if you're emotionally attached to your vehicle, car sharing is not for, you, not for you because things are going to happen and you got to take those things. You got to apply the fixes and keep it rolling and increase that bag, secure that bag and run it up. That bag, bag, bag. Big Ra- bag. Ralph Me's business, man. Let the people know where they can find you. Talk, close us out. Yeah, definitely. So, um, as you said, bro, I'm at Ralph Means Biz on mm-hmm. every social media channel, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, definitely YouTube. Find me on YouTube. That's where all the long form game is. Mm-hmm. And if you are more interested in jumping into Toro, into all car sharing platforms, you want to, you know, leverage this into a bigger bag or even just you might have another business and you want to get these cars in your business name for a different method. You know, we do have the car sharing master course mm-hmm. where I'm giving all this game in depth from A to Z on how to get the cars, on how to manage the cars, asset protection. And that's going to be in the description of this video. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, I hope so. Oh, no, I, I, it's, it's not an if, it's a matter of it will. My dog. I got you. So, yeah, make sure y'all tap in if y'all want to learn more, but um, that's where you can find me, at Ralph Means Biz. I love it, man. I appreciate it. And like I said, I appreciate y'all for tuning in to this episode. If you haven't already, you already know the drill, man. 
that. Take a second, take a minute, take an hour out of your day right here, right now. If you haven't already to just go ahead and slap the like button and show this video some love. As always, I'm Marvin Francois. Ralph means biz. Y'all have been good. We've been great. This has been amazing. And as always, thank you. And no God cap. bless. I'm out.